When you wake up in the morning, how do you start your day? Many people immediately look at their phones, look at their messages, and are bombarded by the rush and stimulus of incoming data. But in doing so, we have begun our day in a reactive state, allowing external stimuli to become the starting point of our day. As a result, the rest of our day can end up becoming one long reactive experience. And studies have shown that highly successful people do not immediately look at their phones upon waking. Rather, they wait at least an hour before looking at their phone and messages. And in doing so, they create a proactive momentum to their morning, choosing what to think about and what to focus on. So instead of allowing external stimuli guide their waking thoughts, they replace that with mindful, guided, and goal-oriented thinking. Davening is an embodiment of this same concept of starting our day with mindfulness and directed thought. Now, this idea connects to an important theme in this week's Parsha, Naso. This week's Parsha features the Chanukah Samishkan, the inauguration of the tabernacle. At this ceremony, the Nesim, the princes of each Shevet, contributed spectacular gifts towards the Mishkan. Chazal explained that these donations were intended to be a tikkun, a rectification of their previous sin. Earlier on, in Parshas Vayakil, the Nisim were criticized for their inappropriate calculation in regards to donating towards the building of the Mishkan. They delayed in donating gifts to the Mishkan, and in the interim, the Jewish people donated everything needed for the Mishkan, leaving the Nisim with nothing to donate. However, what's striking to note is that their intention was pure. They planned to wait and see what was still needed in the Mishkan after the rest of Klai Yisrael donated and hoped to donate the rest. They assumed that if everybody donated simultaneously, there would be overlapping gifts. Many things would have been given multiple times, while other essential things might have been left out completely. The Nassim wanted to then fill in the gaps, ensuring that the donation process was complete. Unfortunately, though, when the giving stopped and the dust settled, there was nothing left to give. Klai Yisrael had surpassed all expectations, donating every single required item and even surpassing the required quotas. The Nassim, due to their delay, had lost out on their chance to donate to the Mishkan. So the Nassim were criticized for their lack of alacrity in donating to the Mishkan. And they clearly realized their mistake as they tried to rectify it in this week's Parsha by contributing elaborate gifts during the Chanukah Samishkan. However, we must ask what the Nassim did that was so improper. After all, their calculation seems completely logical. Why donate something that someone else already has? Isn't it worthwhile to ensure that your gift will be useful? Why then do we view their actions or lack thereof in such a negative way? And furthermore, how do the Nassim's gift in Parshas Naso rectify their mistake? So in order to understand this, we have to first understand the nature of chesed, 
loosely translated as kindness and given. Even on the simplest level, chesed is a fundamental character trait. The ability to expand beyond our limited selves and contribute towards others. As the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Olam chesed yibana. The world was built from chesed. Hashem created this world as an act of pure kindness, with the goal of giving to each and every one of us. And when we give to others, we emulate Hashem. But within the discussion of chesed, the Maharal develops two fundamentally different forms of giving. The first form is responsive, when a person only gives what is needed. In essence, this means giving only when a person sees a need or when someone asks for help. The limitation in this form of giving is that you give only because it is needed. Input resulting in output, cause and effect. If he had not seen the person in need, he wouldn't have helped. The motivation of such giving can therefore be questioned. The usual motivation is guilt or empathy. If you see a person in dire need of help, perhaps looking much less fortunate than you, you tend to feel bad for them. You want to help them, but you also want to make yourself feel better to kind of get rid of those feelings of guilt. Another possible motivation is to prevent potential self-hatred. If you walk away without helping this person in need, you may feel like a rotten person, and therefore to save yourself from this emotional pain, you help this person out. But there's a second form of chesed, which is being proactive, when you give for the sake of giving. This reflects an overwhelming desire to give and help others. In this case, nothing external caused your desire to give. It stems from within, from a deep desire to expand and overflow outwards and help others. In this case, you don't wait reactively for people to come to you, but rather you proactively seek out opportunities to help. In a deep sense, this form of chesed doesn't stem from someone else's external need to receive, but from your own internal desire to give. And you'll therefore happily give to someone, even if they aren't in need, even if they already have what you wish to give them. And we can now understand the mistake and rectification of the Nesim. When it came to the building of the Mishkan, the Nesim were reactive. And true, their calculation was rational and it made sense, but that itself was the problem. When you truly love someone, you give for the sake of of giving spontaneously as an expression of overwhelming love if you love hashem you give to the mishkan for the sake of giving even if there might be some overlap in the gifts and that practical concern can be dealt with at a later stage but by waiting until the end and giving their gifts last the nasim displayed a slight chisaron lack in their love for hashem so the Nassim rectified their mistake at the Chanukah Samishkan when they gave their gifts immediately and spontaneously. Whereas they gave last when it came to the building of the Mishkan, they gave first at its inauguration. But there's another unique characteristic of these gifts. 
The commentaries note that every single one of the Nasim gave the same exact gift at the Chanukah Samishkan. Yet, the Torah enumerates every single gift individually, repeating the same exact description over and over again. It's bizarre. It seems repetitive and unnecessary. Why give the same exact thing as 11 of your fellow Nasim? What's going on? But this in fact, was their ultimate rectification. Their sin lay in being reactive. So their tikkun, proactivity. Their sin was in being so over-calculating and worried about overlapping with other people's gifts. Their tikkun was in all of Nisim giving the same exact gift, an explicit expression of overlap, an explicit expression of giving for the sake of giving. True chesed. And there's an additional layer to this as well. While it appears that each of the Nassim gave the same gift, that's only on the outside, the surface layer. The Midrash states that while each Nasi gave the same physical gift, each one reflected the unique spiritual essence of his Shevet. The external may have been the same, but the internal was fundamentally unique to each Nasi. This is just like Shemona Esrei, where we say an identical prayer three times a day, but every single tefillah is meant to be different and unique. We say the same physical words, but each and every time we have the opportunity for a new and elevated internal experience of connection and meaning. The thoughts and feelings that we infuse into the words of any one prayer will never be the same as that which shapes another prayer. Each one is a unique opportunity for newness within that same construct. We say the same thing every day, but it's always a chance for something new. And this brings us full circle. When you wake up in the morning, how do you start your day? Are you reactive to everything in life that comes your way? Or are you proactively paving your path? Success does not come by accident. It comes from mindful planning, consistent good choices, and careful execution. If we live reactive lives, we'll wake up one day and wonder how we ventured so far from our desired destination. It's only from constant proactivity that true success is built. And the virtue of proactivity stems from the Mida of Chesed proactively seeking ways to do good, to help others, to improve the world around us. May we be inspired to become so overwhelmingly full of love that we proactively seek out ways to contribute to those around us.